Let's see what Mar- Mike Zeisberger thinks. Uh, NHL.com staff writer, you put out a great piece about Ryan O'Reilly and his family yesterday, Mike. But I, first, we'll bring you in with the breaking news about Jake Muzzin. Um, we were just kind of talking about where this leaves the blue line, even though we kind of saw it in the tea leaves. What are your initial reactions to Muzzin officially being ruled out for the season? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks for the kind words about the uh story yeah you know what i mean i I, i've expected this um you know you see jake around the team but but i i really don't think that there was a lot of momentum or speculation as to whether he was going to come back so i think all along the plan is to to improve there um I actually had a conspiracy theory a couple of weeks ago before the leafs uh went and got uh, Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Nola Chari, and I think we know how that's uh, turned out in a small body of work, but mm-hmm. maybe they would try to get Patrick Kane and Jake McCabe out of uh, Chicago and tick two boxes off. So um, I would think, you know, when I when I look at guys who are around, if you're, if you're talking about Muzzin, uh, Jake McCabe kind of plays the same style of game. So you know, if, if there was a guy on their radar, and I'm not sure how much uh, financial flexibility they have, but I think that uh, Jake McCabe would be the type of guy that would check some boxes off for them. So you're you're somebody who does cover the team and you're around the team on a consistent basis. And, and I know yesterday um, he was with the club. Um, it was his birthday. And... and you know, I you know I'm hearing that he's been around the team quite often. What type of presence does he have in this room, and like how is he still being impactful despite not being on the ice for this group? Well, number one, he does carry a lot of weight, and you know part of that weight is whatever that those Stanley Cup ring weighs because, um, you know now they bring in obviously Ryan O'Reilly who has one too, but you know he's fought the wars. He's He's gone through four rounds. He's hoisted that mug, and that that carries a lot of credibility uh, inside the dressing room. Now, you know, you get people saying, yeah, but what good has it done them? Well, you know, the, the bottom line is uh, a Stanley Cup ring that you won years ago uh, does nothing to change the score on the scoreboard, but it does give you kind of, the respect within the dressing room. So having him around like that, and he's a very, very popular player, um, I think he wants to be part of it, even though, you know, I'm not sure if he's ever going to play again, and I don't know anything about that, and I'm not saying anything that that's a health reason. I just don't know with the beating that he's taken physically, um, you know, in the last few years, how much their desire there is. He has a young family, um, and this is all just purely speculation. But for the time being, I, I think that the, the Leafs like having him around, and even if he's, you know, uh, done for the year, uh, I think I think that the, they're interested in having his presence around the team. Well, I almost wonder if he could be like if he's being utilized, or if he could become like somewhat of a player's like a player coach in a way, just somebody who, you know, thinks the game very well and, and knows the guys and can kind of be a, a liaison in a way just to, to, to keep him engaged with the group because it seems like he wants to be. Well, yeah, and isn't that, you know, isn't that what they said? And I know he was still playing, but, you know, the last 
uh, year or two of Jason Spezza's career, yeah. there was a lot of talk about him being kind of a player's coach. And all of a sudden now he's kind of been, um, you know, occupies uh, the seat next to Kyle Dubas as being uh, this personnel guy who knows the inner workings of, of the different players around the league and, and, and systems and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of positives to have there. And, it, you know, you can never have another, enough smart people from a hockey sense standpoint uh, in the dressing room helping out. And so, you know, it's like people were, were talking about how many captains or former captains the Leafs have. And, you know, now that they, O'Reilly is there and Giordano is there and obviously Tavares being the captain right now. Well, you know, in this instance, you can't have enough cooks in the kitchen. And, and so I, I think that is something that Jake does bring to the table. Yeah, so many intangibles with Muzzin. So so we're pulling for him, and then we hope his recovery all goes well. We're with Mike Zeisberger right now of the NHL.com, and I mentioned off the top you wrote a great piece about Ryan O'Reilly and, and what he brings to Toronto and all of his expectations and, and about his family. So how do you think his, his mom and dad, Brian and Bonnie, were feeling after his hat-trick <laughs> performance in Buffalo last night? Oh, well, you know, from what I understand about Bonnie, she was probably uh... – going nuts and it's interesting because I had a chance to talk to a gentleman named Graham Nesbitt who used to be the arena manager in Seaforth where um, Ryan and his brother Cal grew up and Cal or uh, Graham used to let the boys in after hours uh, to play hockey a little bit more um, you know because they wanted to get into the arena so a few years ago Brian needed a new kit or uh, Graham needed a new kidney, and so he asked uh, Ryan O'Reilly's parents, do you think Ryan can use his social media contacts to, you know, maybe find a donor or help find a donor? And when Ryan's mother ended up being a match, she said, well, he doesn't have to do that. I'll give you my kidney. And, you know, uh, that that's pretty remarkable in itself, that happening in 2021. Bonnie saying, well, that's the least I could do because him opening up the arena to the boys when they were young helped their journey to be pro hockey players. So when Ryan O'Reilly signed with the Leafs or got traded to the Leafs, um, Graham joked that uh, O'Reilly's dad told him, well, now that you have one of Bonnie's kidneys, uh, you know, if you start going around cheering and going crazy when somebody scores a goal, that's just the Bonnie in with you because she goes nuts whenever he scores a goal. So um, it'll be interesting to see if Graham was dancing around too uh, when he got the hat trick. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and, and I thought that one of the most telling things that I learned from the piece was that, uh, you know, the O'Reillys are friends with Peter DeBoer. Um, they actually live in a place called Bayfield on Lake Huron where Peter DeBoer keeps his, uh, boat during the off season and peter uh ryan's father brian is, is like uh one of these life coaches motivational guys peter DeBoer sent his kids uh to that to one of what they call brian's boot camp so when uh you know i reached out to peter and he said you know there's some kids that are born in ontario that are destined to play for the maple leafs and he said that's what ryan o'reilly is and he said if you know anything about the family what they do for mental health, um, 
you know, in western, uh, southwestern Ontario, um, you know, the entire province of Ontario should be cheering for Ryan. Now, let's remember something. When Pete DeBoer was the coach of uh, the San Jose Sharks, in the 2019 playoffs, they were eliminated in the Western Conference Final by Ryan O'Reilly's St. Louis Blues. So, you know, he's got reason not to be flattering about <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly, but, uh, you know, he was. And that, that, that speaks a lot to maybe the motivation that Ryan O'Reilly has of, of uh, playing for the Maple Leafs. And the other interesting thing was, Ryan's mother, Bonnie, um, who we talked about donating the kidney, she actually worked at the concession stands at Maple Leaf Gardens behind the greens uh, for Maple Leaf games when the Leafs played there. So there's a lot of Toronto connections. And you could see after the game last night, after his hat trick, him talking about it being surreal. Um, I mean, let's face it. uh, You know, he was traded on Friday. Last night was the first night after playing three games after accruing five points in those three games as a Maple Leaf, it was the first time he actually slept in Toronto. So, (laughs) you know, that shows you how much of a whirlwind it's been. Yeah, hasn't even practiced yet, right? No, no. Tomorrow, I think, is... Does it look like he needed it last night? No, No, not at all. He was buzzing. Like, Mike, when you watched that game last night, I guess you got to see what that line could be at its height, right? And it's it's outstanding to have that. And knowing that that's just a, a, an accompanying the Matthews, Nylander, and Bunting line, or, I mean, vice versa. It could be 1A, 1B, yeah. pick your poison, whatever it is. But when we look at the way that they played last night, and in that first period in particular, I mean, did that not show you what this team can be and the fact that if the team plays the way they did in that first period, they can stack up with the Bostons and Tampas of the world? Well, okay, I'm kind of going to be the, the I play the role of the quarterback at, at the at the uh, home stadium when the crowd is cheering and he kind of waves them down and says <laughs> just just relax for a second. I don't think you're going to see that every night. Um, you know, uh, as one of them, I, I believe it was John Tavares pointed out, the way that the Sabres play, they're, they're a very, you know, they play off the rush. When you play against a team like that, their seams go in the other way. And, and Sheldon Keefe was right because four minutes into that game, neither team had recorded a shot. Um, and they had played, you know, the Leafs were playing very well defensively. The first two shots of the game were goals by Ryan O'Reilly. So, and that's when the Sabres kind of opened up. So, you have to look at the competition and the defensive system or lack thereof of the opponents. But, yeah, you are right in the fact that, look, at they won 6-3 to three last night and the defending Hart Trophy champion didn't have a point. So when you can have that, everybody's not going to be clicking on, on you know, all cylinders every night. But certainly, I mean, and there's that, that word depth. They now have high-end depth, and I think that's going to be very, very vital going forward. Yeah, AB and I have, have kind of gone back and forth on it a little bit today. Is this your ideal deployment for the forward group, or do you like the idea of spreading out the wealth, maybe come playoff time and, and dropping O'Reilly down to, to the third-line center or, or Tavares? Well, you know what? He's got Sheldon Keefe has a couple new toys, and he's got oh, yeah. 24 games to, to decide how he's going to use those in his toy box. So um, I think he's going to... 
you know, try a lot of different things. I do think that, you know, with them playing Tampa, you're going up against the Tampa team that's got Sorelli, Stamkos, um, and Braden Point up the middle. And, you know, at some point, uh, no pun intended, you might want to counter that with Matthews, Tavares, and O'Reilly up the middle. And I think it's a lot's going to have to do with matchup. I think a lot's going to have to do with are you winning in a game or are you losing in a game? And that's why he's got these 24 games. Just what you see now might not be what you see next week. Um, and he's going to find a way just to, in different situations, do these guys work together? How do they play together? And the same goes for Noel Atari. I, I, I got to say, if you're one of the guys on the Leafs' bottom six, if you're a guy like Pierre Engvall, you know, I wouldn't be so confident that when the playoffs start, you're going to be, uh, you know, one of the one of those six guys because I think that he has raised the bar, Achari. I mean, uh, for the rest of the bottom six, and there is going to be competition for sure. Uh, in conversation with Mike Zeisberger, NHL.com writer. Um... A, a, a bit of a another. It's been a tough stretch, I guess you could say, for Morgan Riley. It's been a bit of a tough season. There's been injuries up and down, um, but he's been on the ice for a goal in five straight games, seven goals against uh, in the last five against bottom feeder teams. How much concern do you have over the play of Morgan Riley? Of uh, well, it's kind of been off season, but more so of late. Well, I worry about Morgan Riley in Game One of the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. just me. Um, if he's going through some hiccups, some works right now, where you got 24 games to work it out. Um, I still, his presence in the room, his professionalism, and I think his skill set to some extent, um, you know, I, I, I have confidence in him. I know some people are starting to lose that. I, I think he'll get his game together. Uh, Let's see what the defense pairings are going to look like if if the Leafs do uh, add something to the blue line by the time all is said and done. But I'm not worried about Morgan Riley. I mean, he is making some plays where you kind of scratch his head. I think he's got to simplify his game a bit. But they don't want to take away his offensive creativity either. So, you know, I think it's a twofold uh, thing moving forward. But, you know... Morgan Riley can play on my team anytime. Ideally, who do you see him playing with, Mike? You know, I I liked when he and Brody played together. I think they complemented each other, but that was when Muzzin was in the mix too. Yeah. So, um, I you know I don't know. I I mean, do you, Lilligren maybe, but. Isn't you know, that a problem? I don't know like, either. That's, I that's just looked at ABM. I'm like, I don't know either. Like we're 60 games in now into the season, and it's like, I don't know who who would be his best D partner, and he's a guy who plays 25 God, minutes making 8 million bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's, look it. We all, you you both know that there was, there, there was a time in, in Toronto where people were asking, you know, Lilligren, first round, first round pick, and is anything ever going to become of him? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of that had to do with injuries. Where I saw him take is when Mark Giordano came to the team last year, and he got paired with him. His boosting confidence and his just 
ability to uh, accentuate his strengths and minimize his weaknesses, and that's that's a key for any player. But Giordano seemed to bring those traits out in him, and I think we've seen for the last 12 months an entirely different player. And to be perfectly honest, somebody in the big picture that, you know, maybe three years ago, Leafs management was looking and really didn't have him penciled in as a cornerstone moving ahead. And good for him that he's managed to um, make himself relevant again and be a key part of this team for however deep their play- playoff run might be. Really appreciate taking the time, Mike. Uh, hopefully we can chat again down the road. Thanks for having me. Have a great week and uh, enjoy Riley Palooza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Riley Palooza. You as well. Thank you so much. There it goes. Mike Zeisberger, NHL.com staff writer, has a great piece out on NHL.com right now about uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Chatted with his parents, chatted with uh, a couple of different guys. He went over a majority of the story while we were chatting with him, but it's a good read.